gift for a week and you renew their strength. That's the promise to us. And that strength doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from us making good choices or from us uh, being something special in and of ourselves. It comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Scripture tells us that it's the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. And we thank you that that power is at our disposal. This morning, as we look into the Word of God and we study it together, I pray that you would speak to our hearts as only you you can. And anything that would distract us or uh, draw us away from hearing from you this morning, I pray that uh, we would set that aside and we would listen to your spirit and to your voice. I pray that the Word of God would have complete control of our hearts this morning. I pray that it would be your words that are spoken and not mine. And I pray that you would be pleased with how we understand and how we apply the Word of God this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks. You may have a a seat this morning. Glad that you're here with us. And uh, as we come to week five of our Rooted campaign, and uh, if you're with us on the live stream and... uh, you may be wondering why this is the second week that I've been speaking in this. I realize that this is week five in here and uh, uh, that I have sunglasses on. And the reason is, is because if I don't, I can't see, okay? And it's not because they're prescription, it's because it's bright. And we have another sunny day once again. God has been gracious to us once again. And in case you're wondering, it's warm in here. Uh, it's part of what happens in a greenhouse and that's important for plants. And we've been talking about being rooted, and we're going to continue talking about the results of being rooted in Jesus Christ. And over the past few weeks in our Rooted campaign, we've talked about what it means to be rooted in terms of salvation, right? First, we have to come to know Jesus Christ, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In order to be rooted, there are stages of our growth. There's walking in Christ on a daily basis, that it's not just that one-time moment of coming to know Jesus Christ, although that is ultimately very, very important. But God doesn't just save us and then go, okay, I'll let him go until I get him to glory. That's not what happens. God wants to to grow us into the image of Jesus Christ, and we talked about that. We talked about consistency in our growth. We talked about maturity, coming to a mature plant. And we talked about pursuing or the chase, chasing after God, chasing after righteousness and taking hold of that eternal life in Jesus Christ. And then we looked at Ephesians and we found this, that there are four different roots that we only talked about four. There's more than that, but we have our strength root, our love root, our knowledge root, and our working together root. And last week, we started talking about this fact that if it was just about those good roots, then we could let our foot off the gas, right? And we would just grow into this phenomenal plant and we would produce fruit and life would be so easy, right? That's what we did last week. No, we didn't. We said this. We said, look, it's great to have those roots going down, but we run into something. Does anybody, I don't think you remember anything. Maybe I should re-preach last week. What is it? Okay, there's five people that remember. We had a struggle with root rot, and we talked about this fact that root rot comes from wet feet in a plant, right? It sits in the water too long. 
And because of that, there's fungus that begins to grow and it causes rot in the base of the plant, which eventually it affects the entire plant. And last week we talked about the root rot of selfishness, the root rot of bitterness, that root, right, the sucker root that will grow up, spring up and take all the nutrition. The root rot of self-deception and what that does to us. And it affects our whole being. Those, those forms of rot affect every part, our core being. And then we talked about this, that we said there was four ways that we could fight against that. And we said confession, being honest with the fact that I got problems. Hey, we all have them, by the way. And so just being honest, confession, the scripture, the word of God, getting it down into my heart and letting it penetrate that root system and, and let it speak to it, prayer, and then other believers. I want to talk to you for a little while about what it means to have healthy roots and the results of having healthy roots. What does that look like? What happens when my roots are going down deep? I've been dealing with the root rot because it's going to show up, folks. Just know this. We're going to struggle internally because the old man still creeps in and he still struggles. But when I'm fighting that, what are the results as I begin to grow and my, the plant, the root goes down, it's stable, and then I begin to grow? What are the results? And we're going to talk about that this morning. I want to read some verses to you. I'm going to read Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 first. Wait for the truck to go. And then I'm going to go to Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. And when I get to Jeremiah chapter 17, 7 and 8, guess what? What is that? Okay, there's 10 who know that. There's, it's our memory. We've been working on our memory work, right? You've been working on your memory work. And so when I get to Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, we're going to say that together, okay? So let me read Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It'll probably be on the screen for you. Here it is. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked. Or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. And he meditates on, meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, what? Prospers. Does that sound familiar if you've been memorizing Jeremiah? Yeah, it's a lot familiar, isn't it? So this is what we're going to do. Jeremiah chapter 17, 7 and 8. I want you to stand with me because now you're not comfortable. I'm going to get you out of your seat for a second. So your brain has all the... So you stand up. Oxygen's going in. Going to your brain. You're ready. Okay, here we go. You're with me, right? Okay, so a lot of you are doing this from memory. You're not even looking at this. Although it's there and you can look. Okay, here we go. The person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord, is blessed. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its root out toward a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes. Its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or producing fruit. Well done. I'm impressed. Good job. Give yourself a gold star if you memorized it. If not, you have work to do. Okay. All right. You may be seated. Those are the two passages of scripture that we want to look at this morning. And those two passages of scripture have the results of a deep root system 
found within them. Here's five results of deep roots, okay? Five results of deep roots. Result number one. Result number one, there's a change in desire. Did you catch that in those two passages? Both passages have it. There's a change in desire. The psalm passage tells it this way. It says this. It says, how happy. Hold it. <laughs> Did you that? How happy. Often our happiness is determined by the circumstances that we face. Am I right? Often we allow the events of our life, the things that are going on around us, to drive our happy meter in our life. And this book, this, this, the psalmist wrote this. He said, How happy is the one who doesn't walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the comp- company of mockers. Happiness is directly related to what I allow in my life. Did you catch it from the passage? My happiness as a Christ follower is directly related to what I allow in my life. Some of us are fooling around with and messing with things that we know are evil. We know that they are not godly. We know that they do not honor God. We know that they do not lift up the person and the character of God in my life. We know that they draw me away from the person of God. And yet, we fool around, we play with, we pet them, we hide them somewhere in our heart or in a closet in our room or wherever it might be. And then we wonder why We're not happy. And the psalmist says, look, the reason this person is happy is because they identified these things that would draw them away from truth and they know what they are and they choose not to live in them. That's what the verse is saying. We live in a world that is full of sin, and, and, and in order to live in that world, you're going to run into sin. There's no question about that. It's going to happen. Every day of your life, you're going to run into it. But folks, as Christ followers, we have a choice as to whether we're going to wallow in it or walk by it, right? Now, let me get real. I'm going to go now from teaching to meddling just for a second, okay? Because I want you to get the picture here. When I grab my phone and I begin to read things that I know are not godly and I begin to look at things that I know are not godly, that is living in the counsel of the ungodly. That is, that is when I look at jokes or I watch something that somebody sends me because it's kind of funny, but it's a little dirty. That's living with the mockers and living in sin. When I go home at night and I flip my TV on and I choose to watch horrible things that the world has chosen to do and the way they have chosen to live life, but I sit and I allow it to go into my mind and my heart and I suck it all in and I wallow in it, that's standing with sinners, that's choosing to live with mockers. You have a choice, you don't have to do it. And the next part of that verse says this, but that person who's happy when they don't do these things, look at the flip side of it. It says, but their delight 
is where? Did you see it? Where? Their delight is in the instruction of the Lord. There's this amazing thing, folks, where people tell me all the time, well, I, I don't have time to read the Word of God, but I'll watch 27 hours of TV. I don't have time for the Word of God, but I'll... I don't have time for the Word of God. I don't, I don't have time to sit and meditate on the Word of God. But I can, I can read every news outlet. I can watch every news story. I can get hooked on some HGT, whatever TV it is. And I can binge watch it for days and weeks on end. But God? So the question then becomes this, folks. It's not whether you're rooted. It's whether do you have a relationship? Whoa, Tim, you're really pushing it this morning. Well, folks, if we want to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, then my desire when I come to know Jesus Christ changes. And all of a sudden, those things that I used to find pleasure in, I no longer find pleasure in. It's not pleasurable for me to sit and watch people take the Lord's name in vain or curse and swear or do things that are inappropriate sexually. I no longer find that something that I enjoy because my heart now is in who? In Christ. And happy is the person whose desire has changed. And now I long for the things of God. And I long for the things that are full of integrity. And the things that are right. The result of roots that are in Jesus Christ is that my desire changes. He delights in the word of God constantly. Not part of the time. It's not a checklist thing that I do. It's the thing that now is starting to change me. His roots are fixed in Jesus Christ, and he's pulling the nutrients and the value that he needs or she needs from the Word of God, and it's constantly changing who they are. Number two, it's like, good, he's moving on. Number two, the person whose roots are deep, I become established you see in both of those verses, it describes this. It says that happy is the one who doesn't walk in the advice and doesn't live there. Their delight instead is in the instruction of the Lord and they meditate. Now look, he says, and he'll be like a tree that is, what is it? Planted. And in, in Jeremiah, he says the same thing. He'll be like a tree that is planted by. It's not a tree that's in a pot. Did you ever notice this about a, a tree or a plant that's in a pot? If it's been in a pot very long, and you grab a hold of the plant, and you pull it out. I don't know if anybody's done this. I've done this. What do you find out about the roots? It's root-bound. They start to go in circles, right? Now, the only reason why that plant is still growing is because somebody artificially is giving it what it needs, right? You mix up some fertilizer in, a, in some water, and you pour it in, and that gives it the, the nutrients that it wants. Actually, even most of the soil sometimes disappears when it becomes really root-bound. And guess what? That plant, it's a false sense of security that that plant has. Now, a plant that is healthy that's out in the ground, if you walked up to a tree that's been growing for a while in the ground and you grab a hold of it and you try to pull it, Steve, not like what you did last night, that little teeny tree that you pulled out, his roots weren't established yet. But if you had a, a bigger tree and you grabbed a hold of it and you pulled it, what happens? Not much. Even if you're pretty strong. Why? 
because the roots aren't wrapped around inside of a pot. They've spread out all over the place and they've gone deep. And the picture here in Psalms and the picture in Jeremiah is this, that this plant is not in a pot. It's not in a greenhouse. It's not sitting in a pot. As a believer, we're not sitting in a pot somewhere hoping that someone pours some fertilizer and water on our life. And that's often what happens. I go to church so that somebody will give me something to eat so that I can keep growing. And that's not the picture. The picture is of a tree that's planted whose roots are going out and they're going down deep and they're getting, they're sucking in the value and the nutrients of the Word of God because they're meditating and living in the Word of God for themselves. And they're being fed and they're established They're established. They're planted. That root, that main root is going out and it's attached itself to a stream of life and it's sucking it in and it's growing. It's established. Now, why does it matter that it's established? Well, the verse tells us. It says, because when heat comes and when Drought comes. It doesn't say if they're going to come. It says when they come. They're going to come. You may be experiencing it right now. You may have a little drought in your life right now. You may, from the outside, be experiencing some heat in your life right now. And if your roots are not established the way they're supposed to be, you'll wither. But if your roots are going down deep, in the middle of that, you stay firm. You stay strong. Your faith will be tried. It will be tested. It's going to happen. But instead of being root bound, your roots are going out strong. You ever notice in a tree, if you've cut one down, that there are rings inside the tree, the growth rings of the tree. You ever looked at that? Do you ever notice that the growth rings are not all the same size? Why? Because the year of growth is different. And some years, the growth growth period is shorter. Winter stays longer and starts earlier. They don't get what they need. There's not enough water. There's not enough nutrients. But guess what? That tree kept growing. And the ring might have been small that year, but the next year, it might have been huge. That happens to us spiritually as well. When we're established and it gets drought and it gets heat in our life, we don't wither up and die. We keep growing. The ring might be a little tighter, but we keep growing. We keep growing. Why? Because our roots are established and they've gone down into Christ. Number three, we've got to keep going here because time is moving. Number three, he says this, the tree maintains health. Did you notice that? It says that its leaf doesn't wither and its foliage remains green. It doesn't mean there's no struggle. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that this tree has established its roots in Jesus Christ. It desires what it needs from the stream, and it's put its roots down. And now, because it's rooted, it's healthy. It's healthy. It has a continual source of food. Did you know that spiritually you can be healthy? Even if it's difficult for you? Hey, we've had a difficult year, haven't we? I've had a difficult year as a pastor. This has not been easy to constantly be flexible and change what we do and make this change and that change. And, and then from as a pastor who cares for a, a group of people, and, and Mossbrook, it's a fairly large group of people, 
I, on a weekly basis, go through names in my head that I have not seen and I pray for. And I'm like, I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're doing okay. I don't know how their family's doing. That's difficult. That's hard. And then in my own personal life, my mother passed away during this. I wasn't able to go to her funeral. And a week ago, Pam's uncle passed away. And we're not going to be able to go to her, his funeral. And her cousin is very close to passing away. And we won't be able to go up to that funeral either. And so in our personal life, there's difficulties. And it's hard. And it hurts. And it's painful. But you know what? Spiritually, I don't feel any different in my relationship to Jesus Christ. In the middle of that hurt and that heat and that drought and Satan looking at it and punishing us constantly and going, no, I want to separate the church. I want to pull it apart. I want to make it hard for you. In the middle of all of that, I can be healthy. Why? Because the Spirit of God and the person of Jesus Christ has not changed at all. And the sustenance that I need and the nutrients that I need that come from Him, guess what? I can get them every day. They're available to me through the Spirit of God and the Word of God. They're for me. I can maintain health. God never told me that this would be easy. And guess what? It's not. But He promised that He would give me everything I need to maintain health. You spiritually can maintain health. If your desire is the word of God and you're established in the word of God, you can be healthy and grow. Number four. Number four is, I will produce fruit. Not only will I grow and not only will I mature and not only will my leaves or my my personal life be healthy, but scripture says that the outcome of healthy plants is that they produce fruit, they produce a crop. And everyone around them, not just that little plant that's producing beautiful apples or, or beautiful tomatoes or whatever it is, cucumbers or whatever it is that's your favorite that it's producing, not only does that plant look good, but everyone around benefits from what it gives off. I was telling you a week ago about our tomato plants that we cheated and started early in the greenhouse up next to the plastic and they grew early and we had early tomatoes and and we had way too many tomatoes and so our family benefited from juicy, wonderful tomatoes all the time whenever we wanted them, whenever we made hamburgers on the grill or whenever we had a fresh salad, which was almost every day, we had beautiful tomatoes. But you know what? It wasn't just us that benefited. Our neighbors did too because we had way too many. And so on a regular basis, we picked extra tomatoes and we took them to our neighbors and we showed up at their doorstep and said, here, take these. Why? Because a healthy plant produces fruit. And in your life, the same is true. A healthy plant produces fruit. Now, a healthy plant doesn't mean that it just looks good. It's not us walking around going, look how healthy I am. I look so good. Now, I know you're not saying that about me. I get it. But healthy plants, it's not about the plant looking really good. See, I have this little apple orchard I told you about last week. And in that little apple orchard, I have a Cortland tree. I have three Mac trees. I have something that was supposed to be a a transparent, but I think it's cheating, and I don't think that's what it is. And then I have two pear trees, and I have three Honeycrisp trees in that orchard. And my trees look healthy. I fertilize, I I look after them, I I prune them, I help them along, I do all this. And if you drove up there in the summer, they look very healthy. They look good, but I have three posers. They look great. My honeycrisp are about ready. To, if my wife had her way, they'd be dead. 
Because they've produced in the nine years or ten years that I've had them, I think we've gotten four apples off three trees. They look great. The foliage is wonderful. But they're not producing fruit. And often as believers, that's what happens. We look great on the outside. We say all the right words and we know the places to be and we know the things to do to look really good, but we're not producing any fruit. And you say, Tim, how do you know that? Well, here's the fruit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 say it this way. But the fruit of the Spirit is, and if you know it, you can say it with me, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And the law is not against such things. The fruit of the Spirit is not about me looking good. It's not about me feeling good about myself. It's not about me being in a room of people who look at me and go, wow, he has it together. Their family has it together. That's not what it is. Me producing fruit and being established in the Word of God is about the fruit of Jesus Christ being evident to the people who are living life with me. Is it evident that I love, that the joy of Jesus Christ has my heart and my soul, that the peace of God has its place, that patience, I'm a patient person, I'm kind, I'm gentle, I'm faithful, I'm full of self-control. That's the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit of God working in me. I will produce fruit. That's the result. Result number five is this. Longevity. I'll be in it for the long haul. See, these verses says this. It doesn't cease producing fruit. It doesn't cease producing fruit. And it also says this, that whatever he does prospers. It's talking about over the long distance. It's not about a short, full bunch of nutrients that all of a sudden I have this green plumage and I put a few flowers on and I look really good. What it says is this, is that over the long haul in my life, God is producing fruit in me and he's making me into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And for a lot of us, we can get excited about following God. We can get excited about doing the things of God. But it wears off. And we get tired. And we're like, nobody else is helping, so I'm done. I'm out. Hey, 17 years ago, or whatever it was that we started, you guys, some of you started meeting in a basement and started meeting in a small group, and then we came and we put small groups together. I never dreamed that we would be doing church on a regular basis in a cold frame. I don't think anybody did. I never dreamed that we would have to have church at a fairground week after week after week. I never dreamed that we'd have a shutdown and we would have to do, I would have to speak into a camera. I'm not all that good looking on camera. It's bad enough when I'm this far away from you. I never dreamed that that's, But you know what? At the same time that I never dreamed any of that would happen, I never dreamed once of stopping. And I still don't today. Why? Because it's not about me. 
Longevity is being at a place where you understand that this is God's work. It's his kingdom. It's his church. And it's not about me. It's not about how I look or how I feel or what I want. It's about God. And it's about him doing his work through me to change other people to become like his son. That is what it's about. And that's what longevity is about. And when I stop and I quit and I walk away and I do that, what, I, what you realize quickly is it wasn't about God, it was about you. And the reason you stopped, the reason you quit is because you didn't feel good about it. You didn't like the outcome. You didn't like the direction you had to go. You didn't like the work. Longevity is this. It's coming to the place in my life as a Christ follower that my roots are down and they're established in Jesus Christ and I will suck up the water and the nutrition of the word of God and wherever it leads me, I will go and I will do it. In our small group, we're reading a story or we read a story. We're in a little book by Max Licato that's Unshakable Hope. And there was a story, and I'll finish with this. There was a story of a gentleman who was in Russia at the turn of the 20th century, and his name was Dmitri. And Dmitri had to walk a long ways to get to church, and so he was only able to go about once a month because it was so far to walk. So he decided to start a church at home, and he started at home, and they threatened him, and it grew. And they came and threatened him because it grew, and so he kept preaching, and he kept teaching, and it kept growing. And then all of a sudden, there's over 100 people who are meeting in his home because he's just teaching what he learned about Jesus Christ. And so the authorities came, and they beat him, and they took him away, and they sentenced him to 17 years in prison. And they shipped him to a prison, and he's in a prison with 1,500 other prisoners, and not one of them knows Jesus Christ. And every day he would start his day praying and singing to God, and he would make, they would make fun of him. They would mock him. The, the, the soldiers would come, and they would beat him. And for 17 years, he continued in his faith with Jesus Christ. And the believers encouraged him. They prayed for him. But for 17 years, and finally came to the day where they let him go. They, they were going to kill him a few weeks before. And because of his faith, the rest of the prisoners who didn't know God started singing the hymn when they walked him out to, to kill him. And the, they're like, no, we're not going to do it. And he walked out. Longevity. His ability to stay with Jesus Christ no matter what. I don't, I don't know where Demetrius is today. I don't know what happened to him. I just was amazed by this. It wasn't about him. It was about a deep relationship with Jesus Christ and allowing the Spirit of God to have complete control in his life. The result of deep roots in Jesus Christ is my desire chains, and I desire the Word of God. I become established in the word of God and my roots go wide and deep. I become healthy. I start producing fruit and the longevity of my faith becomes evident to the people who are watching me. That's what our commitments are all about. We're talking about a commitment card this morning. We're gonna go to that part of our service in a minute, but folks, the commitment isn't really about money. It's not about getting a building. I know you can look at it from the outside and say, yeah, that's what it's about. It's not. It's about walking out our faith every day. It's about living in trust and faith in Jesus Christ and 
doing what he's asked us to do. And we don't know the outcome a year from now. We have no idea. It's been nothing like we planned already, so it'll be nothing like we have planned now. But we know that he wants us to establish our roots in him and walk with him. And that's what I'm going to ask of you this morning. I'm going to ask you this morning, we're going to take a two-minute pause. It's just going to be quiet. I'm going to ask you to spend a minute praying, two minutes praying, and asking God, God, where am I with my, what's the result of my roots? And what's the commitment I, I need to make? It may have nothing to do with this card. The commitment for you may be something totally different in your faith, but allow the Spirit of God to take you there. Allow the Spirit of God to work in you. And then after we take those two minutes of a pause, I'm going to come up and lead us in a prayer. And we'll, as the, as the band leads us in a song, we'll make our commitments together this morning. So would you take two minutes? I'll time it because it's going to seem like forever. I'll take two minutes, all right? And I want you just to talk to the Lord about your roots and how established and where they are. Father, this morning, we've been chatting about the results of roots that are established in you. When we become followers of Jesus Christ and we give our all to you, that our desire in life completely changes. That the heat and drought of this life Oh, it takes a toll, but it doesn't ruin us. It doesn't stop us. And in the middle of difficulty, we can have health. 
not only can we be healthy, but we can produce fruit. And then unlike the world around us, we can continue on with you over the long haul. Thank you for that. Thank you for the fact that all of that is possible in your in Jesus Christ and through the ministry of your Holy Spirit. God, thank you for the work that you've done at Mossbrook Church. Thank you for the commitment of your people. Thank you for the desire of folks to live for you and put you first. And God, at this point in our service, we're going to make some commitments over the next couple of years. And we want them to be spirit-led. I, I, I don't want anybody to make a commitment, God, that doesn't come from you. And so I ask by your spirit that you would continue to touch and guide and lead our hearts. And help us to be one together, serving you, your son, Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Help us to continue to put our roots down and be established in you. And may the community see the truth of Jesus Christ in us. I pray that your work and your will would be accomplished in us this morning. Be pleased with our commitments. In your name we pray. Amen. The band's going to lead us in a song, and I'd ask you to join. And there's a, a bucket up here. There's one at the back, one at the front of the next room, one at the back. And as this song is being played and sung, you can come as a family, you can come as individuals and make your commitment. And if you need to write prayer, I'm going to pray on there. You go ahead and do that. We'd love for you to be part of what we're doing and what God is doing in us. Online, you can fill out. There's a link on there that you can fill out. You can fill out the commitment card there online and join us and be part of that. Over the next two weeks, maybe it's something that you need to pray about more. You feel like God's stirring you, but you're not sure. Well, there's time. This isn't the end. This is the beginning of our commitment. And so there's time for you to be able to do that. So join us. Would you stand as we sing together and make our commitments? Christ. Yeah! <laughs> really? I don't know if you do. I do. I believe that, that God has a plan for Mossbrook Church, and he wants to use every one of us in that plan. And thank you so much for your willingness to be committed, your willingness to do your part. And let's just pray that God takes us from where we are right now, and he grows us and he matures us into the church and the people as individuals that he wants us to be. And we make the difference in the community that God had planned all along. Father, help us to become the stable, mature, growing plants, believers that you intended. And may they say of us as they did the early church that the whole world was affected because of their faith in Jesus Christ and because of their trust. Thank you for these folks. Thank you for their willingness to say yes to you. Continue to go before us in this journey. Thank you that you are in control. We trust you in your name. Amen. Join us at about 1120 for a prayer time as we continue to commit this to God.